With Fox's 911, the emergency is always on fire, sometimes literally. Here at Dispatching the 118, I want to take a slower, more careful approach. Look at every detail with the, the intensity of Sergeant Grant and the enthusiasm of Firefighter Buckley. Maybe I switched them on purpose because this week, it's like they were doing out-of-body experiences. Um, it's Mary and Laura back for another. Hello. Y'all, <laughs> that shit was bad. I'm sorry. Um, did we, like, lose memory of all the four previous seasons overnight? Like, I'm confused. I, I'm convinced that between the last episode of season four and the premiere of season five, they got an entirely new writer's room. They must have. Like, that's something I need to research. Like, I don't pay that close attention to the writers on this show. Maybe I should. Because <laughs> maybe that's why it went down the crapper this season. Because, like, <laughs> listen, I understand when a kid gets sassy and a parent gets all snappy and they might slap them but that is not Athena's style for parenting no some other parent but not Athena Grant I just like I (laughs) it just makes me laugh because like how could you ever sit there and think that of all people like Athena is going to be the one to do that like I would even put Michael in there first before I would put fucking Athena to be honest, I didn't expect it to end up happening at May's apartment. So honestly, I, I would have picked May over anybody to slap the shit. <laughs> like I would have been like, "You're being an asshole." Slap. Like I just yeah. And the fact is, Athena knows that he went through a major trauma. So like, is she right really gonna take it that personal that he's like, "You're a terrible mother." Like. <laughs> Girl, come on. Mom's hurt, Athena. (laughs) I can't. I can't. I just, it is, there is no part of this episode where at one point it didn't make me be like, uh, uh huh? Just no part. Every fucking moment. I I will say. I will say that Angela Bassett went hard for that for that scene to try and make it like seem realistic and like authentic, but and not like child abuse. But the other thing is, is Athena would have talked this out with somebody. Um, she, I should say, past Athena. Because season five Athena is a whole different Athena. Oh, Past yeah. Athena wouldn't have gotten let, allowed this situation to get as bad as it did. Like she right. wouldn't have been going after this guy and thinking of nothing else for like a whole week while her child was potentially going to fall prey to this guy. Like she right. wouldn't have left her family that unprotected. Like I don't, I just don't understand the concept that they were going for with this. <laughs> Well, it's like we fall back into the same thing where it's like, in what world would Athena Grant just take the word of her coworker that like, oh, like not even that he got to the prison, just that he's arrested. Like, you didn't check up once. I just, no, she wouldn't do that. Athena is an Enneagram number eight. She does not like losing control. Okay. As a fellow eight, I understand that concept. <laughs> Athena is not someone to just give up control of anything, let alone the potential safety of herself and others. And I I know it's the writers trying to create more drama for Athena this season. But listen, we were at the point of soap opera drama and we not watching a soap opera. This is just a regular normal drama. Like, we don't need this extra melodrama. (laughs) It's also like, well, they wanted drama for Athena. What happened to her and Bobby? That was drama. Finish it. (laughs) Also, 
it would you were doing so well with episode four and her OCD cleaning and her not feeling safe in her own home. Like that's enough trauma slash drama for her. You don't need to turn it around to she's lashing out at her child because she doesn't want to deal with her trauma. And I'm like, Athena's been in therapy for years. Like, why wouldn't she, why would she suddenly not be like dealing with her stuff properly? I'm confused. Like, and why, like, I do think that it was kind of shady for Michael to like go behind her back and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to talk to this therapist about you seeing a therapist. Like, just fucking ask her, just like tell her that you think that she maybe needs to see a therapist again. Listen, apparently this episode is not actually called peer pressure. It's called, let's not have a conversation with any of our peers before we do something drastic. Um, because Michael did that whole <laughs> shitty yeah, thing with too. behind the scenes with Athena and like went behind her back, which again, that's not Michael either. Like Michael's not someone to be shady like that. He, he respects right? Athena he still loves her even though they're not together like there's a respect level there and the writers have thrown that out the window because he clearly was just like well I think you're abusing our child I'm just gonna go behind your back like you would have had a conversation with her normal normal you would have had a conversation with her yeah and then (laughs) you know where I'm going then there was Buck them I feel like I'm not kidding when he literally sat down and said I'm putting in for a transfer I'm leaving I screamed what wait what and Karen was in the other room doing getting a drink or something because like she watches with me Karen was in the other room and she comes in she goes what and I go Buck's leaving I question mark (laughs) and then it's immediately solved immediately like all all that has to happen is Eddie says you're stuck with us. And he's like, okay, babe. <laughs> okay, no, there was more than that. But in my buck Eddie mind, that's all that happened. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. I just, I just, I don't. And I don't get it. I, I was just like, Buck is not a one man show. He used to be like season yeah. one. Buck would have totally done something like this, but he has grown so much. And evolved so much as a person since then that he would have had a conversation with Bobby. Hell, he would have had a conversation with Eddie about this shit. He started to have a conversation with Eddie about this stuff. So clearly, I would imagine they would have talked about this, but apparently not. Apparently, Eddie didn't say anything. But I'm like, like, he would have said something to them instead of just sitting down to dinner being like, yo, I'm putting in my papers. And then just ignoring the fact that Cap is in charge and he's the one involved in this situation. <laughs> it, it, it was just like he... Like he let... I don't know how to describe it. He let his intrusive thoughts take over. Which he hasn't done in a long time. Yeah. And I, listen, I, I, I felt for him in that scene where he called Chim and like gets the voicemail and Chim's like, you know, leave a message unless you're Buck, please stop calling me. And yeah. I'm like, poor guy. Like, I get it. He looks so sad. And then his sister's voicemail was full. So he couldn't even leave her a message. And it's like, I get that. But... This is a moment to create character communication that's not melodramatic and obnoxious and just let him have a conversation. Also, since when is he a drill sergeant? Like he like went all over the place with Ravi and poor Ravi decided hiding out in Captain Nash's office was more conducive than actually being near Buck. (laughs) Oh my God. I felt so bad because like Buck's not like that. And, I, and people are like, oh, well, he's going through some shit. And I'm like, he's been through shit before, but he's never gone all, like, postal like that. Like, yeah. Like, he was just he out was of mean. his goddamn mind. He was mean. Exactly. I was just like, bro, this is not you. It kind of made me think of those Snickers commercials where you're not you and you're hungry. And I wanted to hand out <laughs> Snickers to be better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I wanted Eddie to show up, sit him down, be like, babe, 
you're not you when you're hungry and then like hand him a sandwich or something um but like I just I I I don't understand no it's very weird and the emergencies I know they were trying to make them funny or haha but they weren't like they weren't funny (laughs) let me be honest with you it's Thursday I don't remember one fucking case. <laughs> the only reason I remember is because I read my review this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there yeah. was the case of the really thin guy who kept seeing ads for a stupid uh, exercise mirror thing called Narcissus or Narcissus, whatever. I'm like, I get it. You're trying to be funny about the whole god of self-love or whatever the fuck it is and the fact that it's a mirror like haha that's supposed to be funny but I'm like lost in translation there because it wasn't funny it Um, it wasn't funny it wasn't even something that was like I don't know it just they spent so much time this week on like the cases mm -hmm. and it was like that meth lab one with the old people could have been knocked down to like five minutes Instead, it was like 10. Yeah. Like a I solid 10 me- minutes, too. I called Meth Lab the minute he was like, I need to go downstairs with him. And I was like, what if they have like a drug lab or something? And then yeah. he was like, what? And then I saw the jugs. I was like, nope, it's a meth lab. That's a meth lab. And then later on, Robbie was like, it was a meth lab. And I'm like, told you it was a meth yep. lab. <laughs> yup. Um, yup. But I will... <laughs> Other thing that didn't make sense with this episode, and I didn't really talk about it in my review, but like I've been thinking about it. Why was it so weird for Hen and Eddie to suddenly be partners? It's not like they haven't worked on emergencies together before. Right? I was just like, I'm confused. Like, I, it didn't make sense. Like, they were acting as if they'd never worked together. Like, they had been on totally different um, teams. Like, teams. in different yeah. stations almost. Yeah, like that, like, it was like as if instead of them having all been at the 118 this whole time, that like Eddie transferred in from like a different house. Like, that's what it seemed like. And I was like, that, that's because Chimney's been out before. Chimney got freaking stabbed and Eddie covered for him when he got stabbed. So, like, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I just, <laughs> I it 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 why did they do I just so many things in this episode I didn't understand genuinely like why did they do it listen there's this guy I follow on Twitter that like <laughs> he writes he writes he's kind of like a journalist like us and he does write some stuff about 911 he's the one that interviewed Gavin for oh okay or whatever but like he tweeted mm-hmm. after that episode he's like some shows don't get nominated for awards for a reason and I was just like if you know you know <laughs> like it's it just Jesus and even just, he was like even he was like because he live tweets even he was like um was buck having an out-of-body experience this episode because that was not him (laughs) that was not Buck. exactly it wasn't it just fucking wasn't i don't Uh, and then the whole taylor stuff that's the other thing that's the other thing i almost forgot that he like talked to taylor but nobody else I could understand him having conversations with Taylor about this stuff as long as he was also having a conversation about this stuff with like Bobby or Eddie. Like those are his normal people to go to. And like, it's understandable that when you're in a relationship with someone, you have conversations with that person about stuff going on in your life. But like one, she really made it sound to him like it's his his fault that all this stuff was happening. And I was like, yeah, simmer down, bitch. I'm like, he didn't do anything wrong. Um, well, and even her stupid fucking like little anecdote, her little story to make him feel better. What was the correlation? Like, why did she even say that? Listen, I, I just want her gone. Can she just? Go I bye do bye? too. Can she I'm sick of bye? pretending to like her. Like, 
I didn't like her when she first came on and Buck was just being sexual Buck. Like, I didn't really like her. And it wasn't because of the whole, I didn't want Buck to just be sexual like Buck, but it was a, she was nasty to him. And I'm like, she doesn't respect you. Like she, I was like, I haven't seen her change. Like I have not seen a change yet. She also brought pot brownies to the freaking firehouse. (gasps) You're right. Or or was it pot or or she, no. Yeah. Was it her? No, no. No, It was was that that old woman. It was that old woman, but still like she, filmed but, them like that yeah she, and did, she like, a knew they were intoxicated and i'm like you're an asshole yeah like, i get it i get i understand people that are ambitious i get it i understand it been there girlfriend i've been there but like there's a point that you don't cross and one of them is doing something that would harm others and that story could have lost them all their jobs yeah like I've just even, never forgiven her. It's fine. Even like the end when when he's <clears> on the <throat> phone with Maddie and she's like, "Is she okay, girl? Shut up. Go back to bed. <laughs> go go back to sleep. Up. Go back to sleep." But also, can we talk about how first it was Jim Detective and now it's Buck Detective? <laughs> he was like, "I heard some music in the background. I know exactly where she is." And I'm like, "Sir, that sounded like every." other theme park ever on the planet of earth <laughs> i think it was it sounded like church bells i think and so i'm like well whatever oh, it sounded like the- bell music thing like to me yeah. it sounded like um like a arcadey type thing like whatever it is i just like the fact that she could be literally anywhere in the country she was just in what utah and he's like, like i know she's like what exactly. is chim doing in utah like it's buck's fault that chim's in utah like call up <laughs> Jim, talk to Jim. Okay, bye. Yeah. Like, why are you involving your brother in this BS? Also, like, how do you know that Jim? Oh, never mind. He emailed her. Never mind. He emailed her, but like, then contact him back and be like, yeah. "Hey." Um, but also, I, I want to know, like, how did Jim get to Utah? <laughs> like, he was literally in California. He's like, wait. I was in California, and then I decided. Wh- wh- why did you decide to go to Utah? Like this. Like, how did you know that she was in no Utah? Sense. You're not a detective. You have a baby to take care of. The baby said Utah, Daddy, and then he was like, "Okay." <laughs> Utah was the baby's first word, and he knew he had to go. <laughs> it wasn't Mama. It wasn't Dada. It was Utah. <laughs> oh, I can't. I. Can't. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if that's really what happened. I know. <laughs> I mean, how else would he know? He's not a detective. He's not. I and even a detective probably wouldn't have been able to figure out where the frick she is. Like, I just... <sighs> I can't. Maybe Buck, don't... if he's like, okay, well, these are places that she's been in her life and that she really liked. Like, maybe Buck could have figured out something and, like, yeah. got on a trail. But, like, Buck's not the one doing it. It's Chim, and I highly doubt. Oh, right, we know he's not talking to Chim because Chim told him to stop calling him. Yeah. So, like, it's clearly not Buck helping Chim. So, like, right? How is Chim figuring this out? Like, <laughs> I'm confused. I'm just thinking about writers. I need answers. I'm just thinking about like at one point in the next few episodes, we're going to have to have a time. Where, like, Buck goes and travels to get her. And then, like, meets yeah. Chimney. And he Buck's already with her. So Chimney's like, what do you know of my wife? <laughs> and it's just, like, a whole thing. When it doesn't have to be. <sighs> well, we know the next episode is the spooky episode on November 1st. So we know they're probably not going to address anything of importance on that episode. Because usually if it's a Halloween episode, they don't do anything important. Um, but like, I just, I really just want to see Eddie and Christopher costumes. Okay. Thanks. We haven't seen them in a while. So yeah. Also, I'm, (laughs) I just, here's the thing is that September 1st is the first day of Halloween and November 1st is the first day of Christmas. If you wanted to have a Halloween episode, it needed to air before the 31st. This is stupid. It needed to air this coming Monday. I don't know why they're taking a week off. I don't oh, either. Okay. I'm probably fucking Dancing with the Stars or something. No, wait, oh, that's probably. ABC. 
What's on Fox? I don't know. Masked Singer. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> I have no idea. Or maybe The Big Leap is taking a two-hour episode. I have not watched that show yet, so I have no idea if it's any good. Me neither. But, I've seen I, but oddly it. enough, oddly enough, I write my review um, right after the show, right? So I'm usually don't turn the channel. So occasionally I'll like hear something from it. I don't pay attention, but like I'll hear something. Well, the yeah. other week I looked up and I saw one of my favorite Broadway stars like dance across the street. I'm like, what? what? And he's not credited in the episode. Like I looked on IMDb. I was like, was that him? I'm not sure. And so then I like started to watch because I was like, well, I want to see if he shows up again because I'm like, I want to be sure that it was him. It was. He played one of the characters as like toxic ex-boyfriend or whatever, but or ex-husband or something like that. And I'm like, oh, nice. And so like I tweeted out this, not tagging the guy or anything. I just did. I just said the big leap or whatever. And Scott Foley retweeted. I'm like, what? what are you doing? I don't even watch your actual show, bro. Like I literally said, I don't watch the big leap, but I just saw Jason Michael Snow and maybe I should watch this show. <laughs> Scott Foley will retweet anything you put in front of him. <laughs> it's true. Um, Truthfully. You know who else does that though? Um, Brian Michael Smith will retweet or favorite anything you tweet about Lone Star. Like I'm not kidding. 100%. Or if you even tag him in it. Um, he will do it. Like he's ridiculous. I love him. <laughs> oh, I can't. This is we. This we've is what we've resulted to, guys. This episode was so bad. We're talking about Twitter instead. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally though. I'm even like I'm trying to think of what else. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about May. Let's talk about May. May. Oh. Let's not talk about May. Let's want pretend. to. It's going in such a shitty direction. Like they could just they could have done so much with this. Like like I it's don't either going to go the way that you said where she's going to start being mean in order to like make nice with this woman or yeah. it's going to be dropped and never brought up again. Yeah. Which I thought maybe that's what's happening because she was totally like, "Oh, I only came on your call cuz I know your potential and I just wanted to push you." And I'm like, that is such a cop-out. Like, that is the worst writing on the planet. Like, no, there is no depth, no interest, no captivation to that type of story. And I'm right? like, no, that's oh. a lame excuse for a bully. Like, no offense. I've it had is. employers say things like that to me before. And I'm like, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It actually means no. I know you're probably going to rat on me or say something nasty to me so in order to prevent you from doing that or I don't know quitting um to where it looks bad on me I'm gonna make you feel good for a few seconds to make you forget the fact that I'm a shitty person yes like literally it's also like and I know that May has like like I know that May has people like even within the 911 center I know that she has her mom but like how cool would it have been for May, instead of being like trained under Maddie to have this like strong black woman come in and be like, you can come into your own and like be a nice person and be a good person and care about others. And instead it's like, oh, well, you have we to get be an the mad to bitchy black woman. And I'm like, I'm so tired of that trope. Like, right? I'm tired it's of it. literally just like the mad black woman trope. Like, guys, you didn't even try with this one. No. And he, and they're also turning josh into the obnoxious gay trope that's like oh yep. don't worry about it she's just she's mean because you know she likes you yeah. there are gay people that are like that. i'm not saying that that it's everybody but like it's a stereotype in television especially and i was oh, like yeah. at first i was like oh 911's pulling away from any like gay tropes with josh because like the like the one story we got with him he went on a date and he got Cat literally hate whatever crime. and like beaten up and I'm like that's not necessarily synonymous just with gay storylines like that's like all kinds of storylines and I'm like that was cool like that's great and like they don't really talk about his sexuality very often like it's that one episode where it brought up when he went on the date with that guy but right like, now all of a sudden he's just like mm, and I'm like what the heck I, like, he's the sad he's the sassy gay friend and she's like the sassy black woman and it's like 
why are you even, you have the potential to do so much more on the show. Why are you limiting yourselves to these tropes that you like clearly like threw a dart at? Like, I just, it's so dumb. I was like, I do think we have new writers. That's what I think it is. Because I'm like, even Athena is becoming very trope heavy. And I'm like, I don't, the reason I fell in love with the show is that they don't stick to, they don't rely heavily on tropes. Like, yes, they use them, but like, they don't rely heavily on them. And right all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's Trope City. This episode was entirely filled with tropes. It was like, oh, Buck is mad or upset. He's going to have a hissy fit and storm out. Like, that's not Buck though. Like, no. I'm like, also they're like, oh, well he's, you know, he's that macho firefighter. He's just going to do a one man like situation where he just deals with it on his own and he's just mad and he doesn't want to talk about it. And I'm like, again, he's never been like that. Right. He needs attention all the time. I love my himbo. Like, I mean, me too. <laughs> Listen, he needs love and attention, and he didn't get any of that. No. I can't. Again, he, also, he retreats he not- if, he, if he doesn't get that. Like, he'll retreat. He won't talk to anybody. He's not going to fucking resign immediately he's not going to run away from the only family he has because his other the other half of his family is quote-unquote mad at him oh my god I just it was so it was like why did you have that whole if anyone in that firehouse season if anyone in that firehouse might potentially do that I feel like it's Eddie. Eddie yeah, I was like, yeah, I was he's a very Eddie. like, me like, and my Eddie's son against the world. the only one I know because he's very much, I do my own thing. I don't need this fuzzy wuzzy feelings and comforting hugs and shit. Like he's not, he's not a teddy exactly. bear like his boyfriend. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Because that face he made when Buck, did you see the face he made when Buck said he was leaving? He gave a frowny <laughs> face. <laughs> I was just like, man, you are not hiding this well at all, dude. And I not at all. And again, I keep getting ra- like random time or random moments. I'll get comments on that queer baiting article I wrote, and I look back through some of the comments, and people are like, there was one person that was like, um, what did they say? I'm trying to think. What did they say? They were like, um. Well, one of them was that Ryan Murphy's gay, so he wouldn't need to queer bait. Um, <laughs> but the most recent one, the most recent one was this person goes, well, why can't it just be a slow burn? And I'm like, okay, there's a difference yeah, between a slow, slow burn and queer baiting. Slow burn means we know for, we have this good inkling that there is going to be something at the end of the rainbow for these people. We know there's going to be a get together at some point. This is not one, they're not clearly defining their sexualities, which I'm not saying we need to but be. But if it was a man and defined, a woman, like, we would know. Right. But I'm like, and I'm like, yes, we want to be normalized. Us queer folks want to be normalized. But by normalizing us, it means clearly defining who we are. And yeah. by not clearly defining it and then like playing around with those emotions and stuff, it's creating this issue. And I was just like, I'm like yes I would it'd be wonderful if this ends up being a slow burn and they end up getting together like that'd be fantastic it would be probably the most beautiful slow burn on the planet yeah but this isn't a fanfic where I know for a fact they're going to end up at the together at the end because in fanfic world I can look at a slow burn tag and a relationships tag and know exactly where it's going to go I can't do that with 911 and Bacchanetti because we don't know. We hope, we have hope, but we don't know. And so it's like, yeah, that's why it's queer baiting. That is why it's queer baiting. And just because they have queer characters does not mean they don't have to queer bait. Have y'all ever seen? I was gonna make a joke about Degrassi, but they don't really queer bait. No, <laughs> Bad joke. they don't really queer bait. I'm trying to think if there was a show that like. Teen I mean, Wolf Teen Wolf. I mean, Teen Wolf did it. Danny was clearly gay. Um, they also I mean, we Killing Eve did it for a while. Yeah. 
but anyways, let's hope the rest of 911 season five will not go down into a dumpster fire like this episode did. Oh my God. If it, if the rest of the season goes like this episode did, we're not getting a sixth season. That's it. Like I'm and, very and while, while there were some fans that were like getting upset with people being like, oh my God, we're not going to get renewed. Like they're doing to, and someone was like, it's just one episode. I'm like, no, no, it has been five consecutively bad episodes. We yep. are now on episode five and we have not had a great episode yet. Like we have not had one of those stellar 911 iconic episodes yet. We've had yes. crazy runaway storylines or things dragged out longer than they need to be. Things drop. So, like, one bright spot is, like, Kenneth Choi. Yeah. That was, like, the only good thing about yeah. the bar. They just, Who, I can't. Which, he had a birthday yesterday. So, happy late birthday, Mr. Kenneth Choi. Happy um, belated birthday, King. <laughs> exactly. He's such a king. <laughs> He is a king. Um, uh, but, yeah. I just... There's, like, I, nothing else to talk about because nothing real fucking happened. And I'm going to compare it to another show because at least then we'll have a little something to talk about. Um, but, you know, I, I, keep, I watched Chicago Fire also this morning. I didn't watch it live last night because I was like, what? I was going to watch it live. And then I looked at my clock and it was like 9, 10. And I was like, oh, right. The episode started at 9. I was like, I'm not going 10 minutes. Because it was a 200. It was the 200th episode. And I was like, it's a big one. This big thing is happening. I know it's happening. So I was like, I can't miss any second of it. So I watched it this morning. And you want to talk about really well done character exits. Like they did such a good job with having one of their main characters say goodbye after nine and a half seasons. Like he's been on the show since episode one, like the actor himself decided to walk away. He's like, I did house. And then I did this show. Like it's been 18 years of acting straight, like no breaks. Like he's like, I needed a break. And like, I get it, but he's, you know, and people are sad, but like, that's the thing. Fans are sad, but like, they did such a good job. We're emotionally feeling it. Like we're like, Oh, he's leaving to go to Oregon to do something else. He's still going to be a firefighter, but he's not going to be at the Chicago house. And we're like, it's sad. But at the same time, we're like, it's beautiful too, because it was well done. Yeah. nine one one could have done so much better with Kenneth, with Jim going off. Like, if Jim was going to leave, if Maddie was going to leave, it could have been written so much better. So much better. So much better. But they and wanted that drama. I know. And and I, can just, I just say, yes, real quick, this is not about 911. No show, absolutely no show on this fucking earth needs 500 episodes. That's all I'll say. <laughs> nothing we, I don't care unless you know what we opera. know what show you talking about <laughs> unless you are a soap opera that airs 360 um, what three days a year three six like 300 days a year or what however many days it is with the weekends taken out unless you're a soap opera nothing needs <gasps> 500 episodes fucking end it dude just pull the plug their time is up <gasps> Oh, but, I can't. but Dick Wolf runs the universe, so that's never going to happen. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Listen, I like the spinoff that they did for Stabler because organized crime is, honestly, of all the Law & Order iterations, I think it's the best one. Because instead of doing, oh. instead of doing an episode of the week, it's a storyline that spans the whole season. Because they're in organized crime. So like he goes undercover in a, like this season, he's undercover in a criminal organization. And he's like trying to, A, be a cop and solve this case that they're trying to do, but also not get figured out. And B, like also be there for his kid. And like, oh my God, it's like, it's so good. And also the music is different. How does he see Olivia in that time? Huh? 
How does he see Olivia in that time? Uh, well, so like he occasionally will go like his undercover. He'll break his because his undercover is in New York. Like he didn't leave New York. He's still in New York, but like he has chances to like sneak away and like go to his actual like organized crime office and talk with his oh. coworkers or fellow detectives, whatever they're called. Um, and then he also sometimes will meet up with Olivia, but really it's just been like phone call situations lately. Um, gotcha. And then there's stuff going on with his son and his mother, like his mother came back. Like, it's just, it's great. And I'm like, I'm so glad they didn't bring Elliot Stabler back to put him back in SVU because I'm like, he's not SVU anymore. Like he left yeah. SVU. And during that 10 year period, what they've said is he did organized crime in Europe. And so then he came back to America because Olivia was winning some award and then his wife gets Aww. blown up. And so that whole first season was figuring out who blew up his wife's, you know, killed his wife and dealing who with blew up his wife's body. like <laughs> who blew up his wife's body. Um, but like, you know, it's like, that's what's so great about it is like it's one whole season of us of a case with little yeah. sprinkles of other things you know thrown in but the one of the great things is they have this hacker on their team for the OC and she's phenomenal I freaking love her she's adorable I kind of have a crush on her I'm uh, totally I gone off the rails it. about 911 but that's fine I feel like there's like you know a what? crossover between 911 and Law and Order fans. I do feel like there is. But anyway, probably, but like 911 writers take note. I am more interested in <laughs> fucking Law and Order right now. You, but I, so the other, what I was getting at with this is they have a hacker, and this season she has been, she like joined forces with this other hacker guy. And when they introduced him, I was just like, oh my God, is that? And it was we Sam Keish from um, For the People. Did you ever watch For the People? No. Did you watch Awkward? <laughs> no. Oh, well, he was, anyway, he's amazing. I love him. He's phenomenal. I interviewed him once for Telltale. He's amazing. We Sam Keish. W-E-S-A-M. J-E-E-S-H. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing his name right. If I'm butchering it, He was in Good Girls. He's amazing. I freaking love him. And right now he's, he's a fellow hacker that's like under arrest by this organ, by this unit, but oh, he's no. helping them with getting um, encrypted phones to all the criminal organizations in New York. Like he got all these criminal organizations to believe that he's giving them fake like phones that are safe from being tracked by the police but actually there's a secret police tracker in every single one of them like it's so freaking good and i'm like oh i love him way more compelling than nine one <laughs> oh yeah have you watched csi vegas this week not this week i was going to watch it either tonight or tomorrow it's a fun one it's a fun one yay no. i love i love i love gil and sarah oh I can't. I can't. I was like, I, or even like hearing the theme song literally still makes me tear up. Like we're three episodes in, I'm still tearing up whenever I hear the theme song. And then they like hugged at one point in this episode and I was like screaming, crying, throwing up. Like just, it was too much. <laughs> it was too much. Listen. I almost, I wanted to put that in my telltale review so bad because I mentioned like what she said before they hugged. And I wanted to put, like, period, like, screaming, crying, throwing up. And then I was like, they would never approve. <laughs> um, if it's in your extra thoughts, they might have. <laughs> oh, it was. I should have left it. <laughs> if not, like, listen, I'm pretty sure in my American Horror Story review I wrote tonight, I said, what the crap was this? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say what the fuck was this but he's like that's yeah. not gonna get that's not gonna get approved um <laughs> but <laughs> I wish Allison was my editor for this last episode of 911 because she she uh edited my American Horror Story review which I tore that episode apart by the way and Good. she and she's like I don't know what it says about me but I love reviews where the episode was terrible because I like to watch people rip them apart 
I'm just like, I listen, I love Lauren. She's a fantastic editor. I love her to death. But like, I sometimes want Allison every once in a while because she gives me little funny comments like that. Like she'll say things like that. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Um, oh my God. But anyways. <laughs> well, 911 sucked this week, if you can't tell, guys. It sucked so bad. <laughs> it's a bad episode. I like to forge it from my memory, like pretend it didn't happen. And actually, I said that in my review about the buck situation at the table with his fellow firefighters. I was like, I like to pretend that didn't happen. So we're just going to call BS on it. Well, that's what I'm like. I'm, I'm writing my morning show review and I'm like, I'm sick of hearing and talking about Mitch. So I simply won't. I, I don't know who Mitch is, but power to you. <laughs> uh, I can't. I just like what? The only thing right now that could possibly save nine one one is more Christopher, <laughs> and like buddy confirmation. <laughs> like, give me buddy confirmation. All right, buddy confirmation. We need buddy confirmation, Christopher, and then let's throw in some Albert, even though Chimney's gone. Like, that was the biggest thing that pissed me off about Chimney leaving, is that we're probably not going to get any Albert. Right? And I love Albert so so much. He's such a mush. Like, he's such a little nugget. Like, what, like, what, like. He should have been assigned to the 118. He should have been assigned to the 118. I feel like this would be the perfect time for instead of Buck to have talked to stupid fucking Taylor, he could have called up Albert and been like, yo, what's going on? What's going on with your brother? Why is your brother being a dick? Like, literally, he could be like, why is your brother being a dick? But instead, he went to Taylor and she was like, my supervisor had cysts. Like, girl, I can't. I Shut up. Now. Like, she's just... <sighs> and I try not to hate on female characters. Oh, me too. But she... Well, you saw how long I pretended to like her. How long I pretended to support her in Buck's relationship. Listen, and you want to talk like, about you want to talk about pretend support. Let's go back to, we should go back and read my r- reviews from season one of 911 when it first aired. <laughs> because Abby? I was trying so hard to be nice about Abby. I was trying so hard to be all gung-ho about Buck and Abby. Because I was like, you know, I can't be tearing down the female characters. Like, we, we're getting a strong female character. I'm like, no, she's not. She's terrible. Like, no, that yeah. one, like I don't care. Like, she's terrible. We're like, oh, we can't be, like, mean to the female characters. And then we're like, actually, um, fuck Claudette. Uh, fuck Maddie <laughs> fuck for the time being. Um, fuck Taylor. <laughs> we're, we're actually a misogynistic um, podcast, guys. Anna, Anna, um, can go bye-bye. Oh, wait. No, as, so anyways, fun, fun little work story. And I swear it connects to this. I swear, I swear, I swear it connects to this. So at work today, we were talking, um, we were going, I was going over one of our spreadsheets about candidates that we are dealing with. And so like, we were updating it to say what the status of that person was. Like if they ended up getting an offer, if they ended up not like whatever. I was cleaning things up. So there was one person that was put on the spreadsheet by this girl that recently got fired. And you're supposed to, in this spreadsheet, you're supposed to link their name, the column with the cell with their name, and it has to have a link to their profile so that we can easily figure out who this person is, like blah, blah, whatever. She links the person's email. So if you click on their name, it goes to a Outlook thing, pops up and says, hey, well, how do you want to send this email? I'm like, that that's not correct. Um, then she was like, she's like, schedule this person for an interview, but didn't make a task to schedule the interview. So that person never got interviewed. So it was like two months like, later. Like, it was oh, like, no. it was like a month ago. And it was two months after they applied. I'm like, unfortunately, we can't like reach out to them now because they'll probably say we got another job. But I, was just yeah. like, so I said to my to the department head, I was like, I can't believe this like, happened she goes yeah we should really do something about that person so my connection to this is Anna we should really do something about her yeah well (laughs) I almost would have preferred one more week of Eddie and and Anna 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 I don't don't, I'm not gonna be politically whatever correct about this I don't care um (laughs) 
Because she seemed to actually care about him. Taylor is just here to like. I honestly feel like Taylor is with Buck for the bragging rights with her coworkers. Be like, oh yeah, I'm dating a firefighter. I can get us the good stories. Like, you know that's probably what she's using it for. Because that's how she was previously. I don't see her changing. So I feel like that's still the same situation. Yeah, like, absolutely. I I preferred them as friends. Like when they did that whole friendship thing in season four, I was like all for it. I'm like, this is great. Like he needs a friend that understands his way of thinking. And she's like that. She's like him in that way. Like that's good. Like he has a different person outside of the work that he does that he can talk to about stuff. And then she gets drunk and comes over and kisses him. And he's like, yeah, sure. Let's just jump into bed together. Let's just be yeah, together. But, I'm Mary, like, but Mary, he was too gay last season. We <laughs> needed to put a girl in there. there they we did. It's to true. a girl in there. I mean, that scene with the scavenger hunt or the treasure hunt alone where Eddie was standing in the corner with daggers of jealousy eyes. <laughs> they, needed, they, had, they had to de-gayify it. No, they didn't. So they had to add a girlfriend for Eddie and add a girlfriend for Buck. But jokes on them, oh. Taylor and Anna are gonna end up together. Ooh. <laughs> you imagine if that actually happened? Like Taylor and Anna getting together and then being like, hey, you guys introduced us. Thanks. And they'd be like, oh, thanks. You helped us realize that we really want each other. Bye. Yeah. I would so prefer that. I would literally so prefer that. I just, I don't, I don't want to see Taylor anymore. I don't want to see her. And I feel like, uh, what was it? Episode three that we were like, oh, well, maybe they're going to break up because she was like uninterested. And now it's like, there's no sign of them breaking up. And I'm like, I'm miserable. I just... I just really want it to go back to Buck hanging out with Eddie and Christopher and playing video games and stuff like that. Like, but no, too that's, too, that's too family oriented. That's too gay. But I'm like, right. guys, nobody cares that it's too gay except for these non-existent people that would hate your show so much they would stop watching. Hate to break it to you, 89 to 90% of your viewership are gay. Seriously. Seriously. They want the gay or they want the gayness to happen. Uh, When will Hollywood realize that gay storylines are not that bad of a thing? Like these conservatives that are going to riot against their show. That that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to care. Well, the problem is that the problem. And that's why that's why. Did you see the news that like Trump is starting his own like social media or whatever? Didn't he try to do that last year? I think so, but he, like, is, it's called, like, Truth Net, or, I don't know, something like that. I don't, good, good. If it gets all of them off of Twitter, if it gets all of them, like, out of the replies of, you know, a news network tweeting that asylum, or that immigrants are here with asylum, and they're like, get them out of our country. Good. I don't want to fucking see them anymore. Put them on Truthnet or whatever the hell his stupid thing is called. My favorite thing. I don't care. I love when conservatives go up to people and are like, go back to where you came from. And that person's like, all right, I'm from Cleveland. (laughs) Like, like, you think they're from a different country, but listen, we're all from a different country. We didn't, weren't originally from here. Like, the only no. people that are originally from here are the Native American indigenous people. So don't be telling them to go back to where they came from because they might just be like, get the fuck off my land. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't like, that's the problem though, is that like, that like, you know, somebody releases a trailer for a gay movie and then conservatives are all over the comments. Like, I'm going to boycott this. I'm not going to watch this. And people take the word of some fucking nerd, some bald dick on Twitter who's just sitting, not taking care of his kids. And like, they're like, oh, well, he's going to boycott. We can't let him do that. Grow up. One person out of millions of people. Go fuck yourself. Yep. <laughs> Like, even if it gets, like, 500 likes, like, you think that 500 people who were never going to see your musical to start with aren't going to see it now because they know that the characters are gay? Come on. 
Come that's on. what we need. That's what we need. We need a 911 musical episode. That'll really tie no, in. No, we worst. don't. Do not put that into <laughs> no. the atmosphere. Do not put that out there. We are rescinding that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rescinding that. That was not me. Redacted. Um, but no, like, I just, I just want everything to be queer. Is that so hard to ask? I know, right? I, listen, I love the argument of, well, they're going to turn my kids queer. And I'm like, yeah, well, your straightness didn't help me. So, like, I watched straight on TV my whole life and I still ended up queer. So, right? what? I mean, I did hit Degrassi at a young age, I will say. That's true. I did too. I found that Degrassi at like 11. Super <laughs> <laughs> young. I'm not kidding. I started watching when it first aired. Like it was just happened. It was like on, they used to air it on like Nickelodeon or something like that at nighttime or whatever. And so like, I'd watch. Uh, well, they used to, at one point it was on, I mean, it was on Teen Nick. It's not called Teen Nick anymore. And it was called the N. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the N? Oh my God. Yeah. What a classic. Listen, listen. Uh, uh, what's the actor's name that played? Marco can love him oh. and then they brought him back in later seasons and I was like oh my god you look even better as you're an older man like <laughs> glow up. I feel like that happened with Sav too I saw him recently oh it was on Shadowhunters <laughs> the guy who Shadow played Hunter? Sav was on Shadowhunters for like a hot second as like um as like one of the sh- I like I think he was a shadow hunter but like he was like a background like guy or he might have been with the vampires I can't remember but whatever he was somebody Aww. in the background for like a couple episodes and like then he ends up getting killed but I was just like oh my god it's Sav from Degrassi <laughs> I just I can't <laughs> oh my god he was an orphan black for three oh my god he's in that new show made who the Sav guy yeah Raymond Raymond A. Black Raymond A. Black sorry guys I swear this podcast is initially supposed to be about 911 but we like so well, much when you other have television a shitty episode that's what happens it's true um oh so this is like wow oh so in case people don't know Laura and I are both like into like a lot of other stuff the same and theater and Schitt's Creek and those are combining in March oh my god (laughs) with no read wait speaking of no read did you see the bed hole Instagram video no I don't know what that means it's from Michael Cedar he's best friends with Michael Cedar you know from life with Derek did you ever watch life with Derek okay Michael Cedar Michael Cedar and Noah Reed have been best friends since their days of doing Strange Days at Lake Colsey High. Um, another show I grew up on that's kind of like in the same realm-ish of Degrassi, but like in that like kitschy, like campy, sci-fi sort of way. Um, these kids all went to this like prep school that had this like black hole in it and like caused all these like sciencey weird stuff things to happen. It was really kind of campy and stupid and funny, but like whatever. Anyways, <laughs> Noah oh, Reed and Michael Cedar were both on this. You can, I will have to send you the. It's on Prime actually. You can catch it on Prime. It's on Prime now. But anyways, so they've been friends since they were like 10, 12 years old. And Aww. Michael, I guess he must have like moved into a new place recently or something. I don't know. I don't keep track of his life diligently like some people. Um, but like he posted on Instagram yesterday, he has this bed and then there's like this hole in the wall that goes into this like little like box alcove like thing that people can like climb into and like whatever. And he called it his bed hole. And he like did this video of them and all of him and the friends like all in the hole together. And then like there's Uh, another video of Noah like somersaulting out of it. And someone memed it saying, the producers of the minutes. Oh, we should probably worry about his injuries. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But listen, 
I'm fine with him replacing Army Hammer. I like to drink blood. <laughs> I would be fine with anyone replacing Army Hammer. I'm glad it was him though. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, fucking Army Hammer. But <laughs> anyways, yeah, Army Hammer's so weird. But yes, that's the but that's the. Dark holes that Laura and I go down sometimes. We like start talking about <laughs> one thing and then we end up on Degrassi and then we end up even further into the black hole of weird things. Um, listen, oh, I could probably do actually, me and Degrassi have one level of separation. Who? <gasps> oh. know Jake Epstein fairly well. What? Yeah. Only because I've been to, like, his Broadway show, like, a couple of his Broadway shows, like, a million times. Oh, my God. I swear I didn't stalk him. It was just Craig was my favorite Degrassi character. So, of course, when I moved to New York and he was on Broadway doing Beautiful, I went and saw him in Beautiful. And then he did a play off-Broadway called Straight, where he played a guy who had a thing for a guy and a girl at the same time. And he was like, I don't know what box to go in. Um, it was a really compelling play and I saw it twice in one day, even though it made me cry. And I did, I stage door after the second one. Cause the first one, they weren't going to stage door because it's like a two show day. And anyone oh, who that makes sense. knows they don't, <laughs> they don't really stage door on two show days. People don't, they usually go run, get food and come back. Um, but anyway, after the second one, I told him, I was like, yeah, I saw the show twice today. He goes, why the fuck would you do that he's like i can barely do it two days and two times in one day and oh. just, it was a very emotionally heavy show and he yeah. plays like the main character like there was only three characters in the entire play but like he plays like the main person and <clears throat> so like him and i had this really big bonding experience about that play and like after i went to the final performance and after that him and i stood and talked for like 20 minutes about the play like it was ridiculous oh that's awesome yeah he's very sweet so yes that's my jacob story (laughs) somebody just died on the set of an alec baldwin movie yeah i saw this i think we should force him to retire like (laughs) a prop gun yes a prop gun gun. i don't know what happened with the prop gun but it went off and it injured one person and killed another a cinematographer too not like not that like crew is less important than cinematographer but not like a grip or anything like a fully Mm -hmm. like present cinematographer wow Mm -hmm. anyways so what do we rate this episode i'm gonna give it a one i gave it two stars for my review i'll stick with that only because nicer than me Yes, I'm a very nice person. Just don't ask my roommate. Um, <laughs> but no, I I tend to not like to give only one star unless it was like so bad I had to like turn it off. That makes sense. Um, I'm not critically reviewing it right now, so I'm I can say one star because it wasn't completely bad with me. Um, I say two stars just because like while they were out of character it was still nice to see Ravi like be integrated into the family, the one in 18 family. Um, And I do want to say, I've seen a lot of like people talking about his representation and why it matters. And like, that's great. Um, If one, if there is one thing, 911 has never been bad about representation and like making sure that all different types of people are on screen. Yeah. How much screen time they get is another issue for another day um yeah. because 911 while they are good with representation they think that just putting them on the screen is enough um, well i think lone star is much worse with that but yes definitely lone star is definitely much worse um and we did get to have the whole Hen and eddie thing with the guy in his bathroom that was all like locked up because it's like muscle spasm or something and she's like you're gonna lift him on my side and he's like oh, sorry <laughs> I'm like I Hen is just phenomenal with with dropping those one-liners and she didn't disappoint 
We yes. forget about it sometimes, but she didn't disappoint. Also, a portion of a star goes to the old lady who said, you know how much living like this costs? I had to turn to crime. She literally said that too. She literally <laughs> said like, I had to turn to crime. Like, what? What? And all the firefighters look at her like, did you? <laughs> but I did. That I was did. funny. I, I, I will say, like, I was annoyed at how stretched out that whole scenario was. But, like, again, I was a little, I found that a little bit funny. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Two stars. Do better, 911. I swear if this spooky episode is really shitty i'm gonna be mad because it's different than a regular shitty episode it's a it's a shitty spooky episode which makes me mad um yeah which deserves to be good right spooky season and we can expect that cat will be on the show again for the next episode yeah um we will we're gonna take next week off because obviously there's no episode and i just have a busy week next week with oh, a lot right. going on. So I'm not going to. I'm completely out of it. I totally forgot there wasn't an episode next week. Even though we've <laughs> mentioned it no less than I think three times this episode. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Um, but yeah. So thanks for listening guys. Bye. Yay. Bye.